Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. Welcome to the Erin Chamberlick Show. And I'm your host, the Real Food Revivalist, Erin Chamberlick, coming to you live from Nashville, Tennessee. And this show is an educational and informative program where we hope to teach you um, how to eat real food and enjoy amazing health, uh, lose weight permanently, increase your energy, and reduce cravings, as well as a boatload of other fringe benefits that come from eating well and nourishing your body. You can visit iTunes and find the archives to my show there. And I am happy to say I have 100 archives. So this is show number 101. (laughs) I'm a holistic nutrition educator. You can find uh, my website, getbetterwellness.com. Today's show is going to help a lot of listeners. We're going to talk about digestion. And I have uh, the fabulous Dr. Carrie Drizga, the functional medicine doc located in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. So good morning, Dr. Carrie. Hi, Erin. How are you? Good. So good to have you back. This is um, Dr. Carey was previously on the show uh, twice this year, and every time we're like, "Oh, we got to get back together and talk about this or talk about that." And so we discussed um, on the previous podcast about Dr. Carey's new book called "Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again." If you have fatigue and don't have that get up and go anymore, you really want to pick that book up. Uh, I have it on my recommended resources page on my website, so visit that at getbetterwellness.com. Now, Dr. Carey, I mentioned, is from um, Ontario, Canada, and she is the founder of Functional Medicine Ontario in Ottawa. Um, She holds two doctoral degrees, chiropractic, naturopathic medicine, and has additional training in functional medicine. Um, So we are going to jump right in since this is a 30-minute show. Um, Dr. Kerry, last time we were talking about the many reasons for fatigue, and one of the reasons I remember talking about um, was around the concept of nutrient deficiencies. And, you know, we, along with that comes, eating a real food diet, nutrient-dense diet, grass-fed meat, fish, you know, quality protein, quality fats, uh, vegetables, fruits, and things like that. So let's um, kind of, you know, keep that in mind that, um, you know, a reason for fatigue is nutrient deficiencies. And I know some people that listen to my show eat well and they still have, um, digestive issues, so they are going to have some of these nutrient deficiencies. Um, so should we talk first about what's normal digestion, and then we kind of, can kind of circle back into that idea I was trying to <laughs> put together there? 
Yeah, yeah, I think that's a great place to start. So as you said, a lot of people have deficiencies. Even if you are eating a really great diet, you could still have deficiencies. And, of course, in functional medicine, we're always thinking about the why. Why would somebody have nutritional deficiencies if they're eating such a great diet? So one of the things, one of the things that I always think about is just digestion. You know, are you digesting normally or not? So normal digestion starts in your mouth. Um, when you're chewing your food, and, and to what I mean by by that is you really have to chew and chew and chew that food until it's a liquid. And I think a lot of people these days are kind of gulping their food in, and, and it's not getting first digested very well in the mouth. And then after that digestion goes down to the the food goes down to the stomach, where the acid should break down the protein and help basically sterilize the food. And then goes into the small intestine, where that's where most of the um, the rest of the digestion and then the absorption happens, and then into the large intestine for excretion. So, so normally, Aaron, when when people are eating their food, they should not have any symptoms. They should feel great. They should have energy. They should uh, they should not have any bloating or gas. They should have regular easy bowel movements. They should not have any feelings of heaviness or like wanting to take a nap after they've eaten, and they certainly shouldn't have any cravings for sugar. So all of those little things that that people think are are normal are, are actually not normal. They're very common, but those are some of the symptoms of what poor digestion might feel like. Right. So good digestion is no symptoms. So no, if you're the um, butt of the family jokes with gas um, or if you have bloating and you look like you're pregnant when you're not, you know, undigested food in your stool, this is why you're on the show listening to Dr. Carey because we have um, some information that you need. It's not normal to be constipated and, you know, when you, ask, you said uh, regular easy bowel movements, Regular to some people may think like, yeah, I'm regular once every Tuesday, <laughs> but we're talking about a daily event here, maybe, you know, two or three times for a bonus, and that's not happening in America, um, and so we want to help people today. So what are, um, you know, some key things that you notice going on in your patients who do have some of these terrible digestive symptoms. Where do you start with your, you know, functional medicine doctoring? (laughs) So that's a great question. So one of the areas that I start is just, um, just looking at the stomach, and I think, is the stomach working properly? Is the stomach really making enough acid or not? And, and for a lot of people, actually, a lot of people actually are not making enough stomach acid. And and if you're not making enough stomach acid, you might have symptoms like um, gas, bloating, feeling uh, really full and like heaviness after you eat a meal, especially a meal that's high in meat and protein. But actually, Erin, as you know, a lot of people can have low stomach acid and not have any symptoms at all. Right, and then I know a lot of listeners um, may say, oh, no, I have too much acid. I take drugs to 
keep it low. Can you comment on that thought? Yeah, and actually a lot of people that are told that they have too much acid or that they, they have that feeling of heartburn, actually that it's kind of the opposite. For the most part, most of those people are actually not making enough stomach acid and their acid is actually too low. And what happens is they're often put on um, antacid medication like a proton pump inhibitor. I think the the most common one at this point is uh, Nexium or Prilosec. Um, and what happens is that that really radically um, changes the stomach acid levels to where you had low stomach acid, now you have virtually no stomach acid. And, oh, my gosh, there's a whole trickle-down effect from that that we could talk about if you want. Yeah, I think that would be helpful because, um, you know, I know people are in a bad way because these drugs are short-term use kind of things, like a a few days at the most, a week or two. And then I, I know I have people walking in, um, to see me that have been on Prilosec, Prevacid, Protonics, all these things for sometimes years. And and then we start to see the the uh, side effects of those drugs. Um, so, well, first of all, what are some long-term um, side effects that people can develop when their stomach acid is too low naturally or because they're also taking these proton pump inhibitors? Well, with the we'll talk about the proton pump inhibitors because that's where most of the research has been done and let's first define what is what we mean by long term use because Aaron what would you think is long term use what i would think you know i mean some people i know are on it for years but it's it's. I think if you read the package insert, it says, you know, do not use longer than two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So when we think of long-term use, most people are thinking like six months or a year or five years. And actually in the research, long-term use of a proton pump inhibitor is defined as three months or longer. That's it, just three months. And for a lot of the patients that have seen me, a lot of the clients that you see, a lot of the listeners out there have already been on their proton pump inhibitor much longer than three months, most likely. And so in the research, now what the the FDA has done is they've put a black box warning on these medications because they can create such long-term damage in your body that you have no idea, including things like putting you at more risk for different types of cancers, like stomach cancer and colon cancer. They can create weakening of the bones, osteopenia and osteoporosis, and then uh, risk of fractures. They definitely can create infections deeper in the digestive tract. And they can even lead to things like pneumonia and acute kidney failure. So these are things that are well-researched effects of being on a proton pump inhibitor three months or longer. And and for our purposes in natural medicine, the real brass tacks is that the acid blockers end up depleting your body of multiple vitamins and minerals. So there's well-known deficiencies of calcium and magnesium and B12 and iron, just to name a few that are associated with long-term use of proton pump inhibitors. 
Yeah, so I want to just underscore that because if you're on these medications, you want to get off. Um, before you are you know, having osteoporosis, before you're having anemia, your hair is falling out, can't sleep because you have no magnesium at work. There are so many things that are being created because of low stomach acid, and that's your first pill, and then you go back and you're like, I can't sleep. There's your second pill, and you go back, I'm I'm anemic. There's your third pill, when really the issue, um, the root cause was addressed incorrectly by making you think you had too much acid. It's really acid in the wrong place. It's in the place where you can feel it in your esophagus, and that's a different issue. You're... Um, and 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 so that's why I would just encourage you to get get with Dr. Carey or myself because we walk people through this all the time. Um, wouldn't you say that you have people, uh, you know, frequently with digestive issues and low stomach acid? Absolutely, it's one of the most common things that I see in my practice. And and Erin, I I know some of the listeners out there are thinking, yeah, but if I skip my medication, my acid comes back, and it, it, it's terrible, and I can't, can never get off my medication. And one of the things that happens is, I mean, your stomach is not stupid. Your stomach will try and try and try to make more acid. So on those days when you decide, okay, you know, I'm, I'm not going to take my medication today, and I'm going to see how I do, you usually feel much, much worse because because the stomach is now trying to overcompensate and secrete um, so much more acid, and and often people get in this uh, cycle where they just cannot get off their medication, and and they actually need to see somebody like me or somebody like you to help them physically get off their medication because it has created such an impact on their body. Yeah, I think um, we've called that the rebound acid effect, and and it does last a long time, so. You've got to just go through it. Sometimes to get to the other side of healing, there's a point where you feel worse and you think, this healthy diet isn't working for me or I need these medications. But that's where we talk you off the cliff going, no, no, the research says this is going to happen. Hang in there. We'll give you some you know, workarounds maybe that can help you to feel better in the meantime and, and help to wean off the drugs. Um, so if if everybody has, as many people I shall say, have low stomach acid, um, let's say we can get them, you know, safely off their medication, um, working with their doctor, of course, and and weaning or whatever needs to happen. Um, what what's the the next step for how do we fix low stomach acid? Well. Well, well, let's talk about um, how to how to really test for low stomach acid, because I think that's a good place to start for Perfect. our listeners. Because uh-huh. because uh, the fact is, and I know you already know this, Erin, is you might not have any digestive problems at all, but still have low stomach acid. So you could have asymptomatic an asymptomatic problem. So in order to test yourself, and this is a very easy test that you can do at home. You can find instructions on this test on the internet. I can email Erin. I can email you the instructions if you want to put this in the podcast notes. 
But basically, sure, yeah, what do you that. do is you take a supplement called betaine hydrochloride or betaine HCL, and you start with one capsule at every meal, and you can think of that betaine HCL as kind of like acid in a capsule form. And start with one at every meal, and you're going to kind of watch to see if you have any symptoms of warmth or discomfort, pain or burning in your throat or stomach. So basically, if you have plenty of stomach acid, and now we've just added more acid on top of that, you're going to have some of these symptoms. And so if that happens, you just stop. And you have plenty of stomach acid, you're fine. But if you don't have any of those symptoms, then the next day, increase your dose to two capsules at every meal and watch for those symptoms. If those symptoms don't happen, then the next day go to three, the next day go to four, uh, until you hit a maximum of eight. So if at any point in time you feel those symptoms, you just stop this test. And so this is a way that we can kind of gauge, does this person have low stomach acid? Is it a mild problem? Is it a moderate problem? Is it a severe problem? I've had many patients go up to eight capsules at every meal, and they don't have any symptoms. It's crazy. Exactly. And yeah. And I should say the people who should not be doing this test because this test is not for everyone. If you've been taking aspirin or ibuprofen, any kind of anti-inflammatory medications, you should not do this test. And if you've been taking any um, corticosteroid medications, you should not do this test. And if you know that you have something like an ulcer, you should not do this test. So. Those are some of the precautions for our listeners out there. But, yeah, that's basically how you do the test, and, and it's quite surprising. I know, Erin, that you've seen this too in your practice, how often people actually have low stomach acid. Right. And, um, you know, you said to take, you know, you start with one capsule at that meal, and we need to say what kind of meal that is because, we don't always need um, a lot of acid to break down a bagel, but <laughs> but you do when you're eating yeah. protein. <laughs> it's so true, we're, we're yeah. So many people are not, um, you know, not not eating the, the standard American diet, but because this show is is for everyone, we don't know, you know, what kind of diet people are on. So, uh, kind of take a step back around a little bit. So yeah, there's there's basically two reasons why we have acid in the stomach. One is to digest our protein. So if you're not eating a very high-protein meal, or if you're eating a meal that doesn't have any protein in it, chances are you don't need very much hydrochloric acid. So you won't need very many capsules to take. But if you are eating a very heavily protein meal, like you're having a steak or something, you always will need more hydrochloric acid capsules to take with that. So you're right, Erin. I've had patients many times, they'll say, you know, I get a little bit of this burning at breakfast and lunch, but I never get it with dinner. And I think with the standard American mm-hmm. diet, a lot of people just kind of naturally are eating more protein at dinner time, And that's where they really need more hydrochloric acid. Right. And, and then I think um, as people get used to this idea, sometimes they're a little bit freaked out by taking capsules with betaine HCL in it. And um, yeah. and so some people are just afraid to do it. There's nothing to be afraid of. You take one, you maybe have, at the worst, you know, you have a little warmth and you're like, oh, ick, I don't feel good. But it's not like you're on the couch for the rest of the day. 
this is just an experiment. We're body hacking here, trying to find out how much um, acid you have, how much you need in your life, and your digestion will improve by doing this little experiment. But it is important that to know that it's, um, you know, you need more when you have a heavy protein meal and you need less when you're not. So in the morning, if you have two eggs, maybe you don't need as much as you as a chicken breast or a piece of steak. And as you go along with this experiment in your life, you may kind of just adjust your dose. Let's say you did need eight capsules at dinner, but maybe you only need four at lunch. Um, so that, that's a kind of, you know, customization that people can do for themselves. Exactly, Erin. And, and I also wanted to let your listeners know that the, the entire process of digestion is very much a domino effect, that when we start chewing our food, that sets off the next domino in motion, which is to help secrete more stomach acid and juices in the stomach. And once once the door of the stomach opens and dumps into the small intestine, that triggers the next domino for your your pancreatic and your uh, liver, uh, gallbladder, um, all of these different enzymes to dump into the small intestine. So it's very much a domino effect. And, and fundamentally, when that one domino of the stomach is not working properly, when, when there's low stomach acid, the next domino will not fall, and the next domino after that will not fall. So there will be a whole trickle-down mm-hmm. effect down into the intestines, which for most people ends up being... Um, uh, yeast overgrowth or candida, uh, bacterial overgrowth, and even uh, parasites. Hmm. Yeah, because God gave us stomach acid to kill off the bad guy. So if you're a person who always gets food poisoning, that's kind of a tip-off that maybe you're not having adequate stomach acid to kill the bad guys that are coming in on your food. Um, I, I want to ask you uh how many milligrams of betaine HCL? I think most companies are, you know, several hundred, but when we're saying one capsule maximum of eight, um, about how many uh, milligrams are going to be in one capsule? So one capsule should be about 500 milligrams. Some companies might have a little okay. bit more, some might have a little bit less, but generally about 500 milligrams per capsule. Yeah, and I just, um, I take, this I do this this is my life because I'm well into my 50s and it's also a thing with age as we age we make less and less stomach acid so it's nothing you know to be um, like oh I got to do this it's just you know I feel great I don't really have my stomach my food sitting in you know the upper part of my stomach not moving along and I've had probably every issue there is to have so I know what things feel like when it's not working and you know maybe you take some you know capsule of something at bedtime to you know like magnesium to go to sleep and you feel it still in there you know you're you're not things aren't moving along stuff is backing up and it could be you know that you have low stomach acid Um, when it comes to the supplement so the one I use has 520 milligrams so it sounds like we are about on the same page um, what about pepsin? Is that something that you recommend to be in the supplement as well? or And what would that be for? Because I know a lot of people strongly recommend that. 
Yeah, pepsin is good because it also helps aid that digestion of protein and helps to trigger some of those other dominoes to fall. Um, so if you can find a supplement of betaine hydrochloride that has pepsin in it, that's fantastic. Um, but if you can't and you can only find betaine by itself, you know, that's okay too. Yeah, I've, I've used both, but after doing some reading the last go-around, I switched to one with pepsin. And, you know, I know what the supplements that you can get in Canada are different than the ones I can get in the U.S., but it's pretty um, – widely available in health food stores. So um, now have have we um, addressed the, the main points of the betaine HCL, how to test it, what to do? Is that, was there something we were missing there? I yeah, I was, thinking, <laughs> I was thinking, I know we're running low on time here, um, but, uh, you know, from a functional medicine standpoint, okay, if we find that you have low stomach acid, of course, then the next question that pops into my mind is, okay, why is there low stomach acid? So some of the root underlying causes of low stomach acid. So you might have an undiagnosed thyroid problem. Um, your, your thyroid might not be working at 100%, and, and that would impact your stomach. Or you might have an iodine deficiency because iodine is one of the nutrients required for acid production, you might also have a thiamine deficiency, too, and thiamine is vitamin B1. And then um, the other common thing that could be the cause is actually an infection in the stomach, a, bacterial, a bacteria called Helicobacter pylori, or H. pylori for short. Um, H. pylori, if that's growing in the stomach, that will block acid production. And then the last thing that's on my list is actually then going back to the brain. Is there a problem with the nervous system that there's not adequate neurological input um, through the vagus nerve to the stomach? So again, always searching for the underlying cause. Right. We um, talk a lot about food on this show, but I am a big believer in um, the health of the nervous system. And, you know, from your spine, lots of nerves go to lots of organs. And if there's a misalignment, that can be a major contributing factor. So um, I recommend chiropractic care as well while you're working through a lot of your health issues. Um, have you ever used Swedish bitters or digestive bitters? And what do you think of them if you have? Actually, Erin, I, I use them a lot, and and when I find that a person has low stomach acid, I'll I'll usually then put them onto the bitters because the so so for the listeners out there, um, bitters are different types of herbs that that taste very bitter. So you have to take these in a liquid form to really taste the bitterness because that bitterness is how, what helps to kind of like wake up your lazy stomach so that it starts making more stomach acid all on its own. So I often use bitters um, with with any patient that has low stomach acid because ultimately I want to try and rehabilitate that stomach to to try and get it working at 100% like it should be. And, and bitters is one of my secret formulas to do that. Yeah, I you know, <laughs> and it's a fun party game, having everybody try the bitters for the first time and taking pictures. <laughs> but you can do it. Yeah, not everybody uh, not wants terrible, to take bitters. It, <laughs> no, 
Not so, every, yeah, so, not everybody um, likes taking you know, bitters, and I and I always warn them, but you have to get that bitter taste on your tongue. Like like we said at the beginning of the show, Erin, digestion starts in your mouth, and that when that bitter herb stimulates that bitter taste on your tongue, wow, that wakes up not not only your stomach, but also your small intestine, your liver, your pancreas, and your large intestine. It like it wakes up all parts of your digestive tract. Yeah, and that beginning thing, the chewing, is really important too. I've had people like, I just feel terrible whenever I eat, you know, hard-boiled eggs. I'm like, well, are you chewing them? <laughs> Try that. <laughs> yeah. It, you know, after you get through the, you know, are you sensitive to it? And and the issue was the person wasn't actually chewing eggs because they're so slippery. It was just like swallowing these whole chunks and wondering why it didn't feel good. So chew your food, you know, try the bitters, um, test your stomach acid. And then uh, uh, some some people like to use the raw apple cider vinegar to supplement. Um, and in, you know, a few seconds or less, <laughs> can you tell us, is that something you recommend also, raw apple cider vinegar? Yeah, I know for a lot of people that they feel better when they take uh, apple cider vinegar, you know, one or two tablespoons and a little bit of water, and then they just shoot that down. That helps to stimulate the stomach also. So if that works for you, there's nothing wrong with doing that. Okay. Well, great. Thank you, um, Dr. Carey, for being on the show today. I think we've um, covered a lot of ground and given some people some practical things to try. Um, I'll say, let's see, your website is com. Um, also on Facebook, both of us, uh, Facebook for me is Get Better Wellness, and for Dr. Carey, that is D-R-C-A-R-R-I on Facebook. And check out her book, Reclaim Your Energy, um, and my website, GetBetterWellness.com. So I'm, I hope we'll you know, circle back again and do another show because I love having you on. Absolutely, Erin. I always love being on. We could just talk for days and days. I know, and then (laughs) I always pick up tips for you that I can just go ahead and implement. All right, thanks for being on the show. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, Catch you next time. Bye-bye. Bye, Bye, Erin. Bye, listeners. Bye-bye. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash Boost by Tax Day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.